0: You I'm your
1: vehicle, Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This is episode 34. I'm joined by co host Austin Zamhariri. This is going to be our 420 Bonanza episode. yeah, give them up. Say again Happy 420 Happy 420 to everybody It has been a week, man it, A week When I say a week, it's not just that it's been a week since we last did a show But What a week
2: Yeah, it's been crazy This past weekend, Saturday, was nuts Very successful kind of nuts But man, it was Oof. Man, a lot to a lot to pack in and unravel
1: as well. Well, we had Saturday. We went. We were all in Colleen, and we had the Veterans for Cannabis conference, and then we all went down to Austin and went to the Texas Cannabis Cup.
2: It was a very long day. It was, um, you know. We uh, we've been working on the Texas Veterans Medical Cannabis Conference in Colleen at the Colleen Convention Center and Civic Center uh, for months with Texas Veterans for Medical Marijuana. Our offshoot of the veteran group, uh, Veteran Vetco, uh, was a co-partner in planning this event, and we've just been working on it so hard. And seeing it come to fruition and watching it be as successful as it was, uh, was just really it was really, really awesome. It made going to the cannabis cup super great, <laughs> super easy and just relaxing.
1: Oh yeah, it was it was it was a great it was its own euphoric feeling to see how well the Veterans Conference went, especially huh, that um Representative Buckley was speaking and did the he threw down the gauntlet as I'd say as far as representatives go was like let's do a Q and A guys and it was like
2: oh snap right he got a little spicy there for a minute because obviously he had some political opponents that were also on the scene and tried to throw him a couple curveballs and lo and behold the man stood there and despite your politics man getting up there in front of a crowd of people and talking about your beliefs and your policy and explaining that and having that dialogue was, um, yeah, hats off representative Buckley, um, for having that conversation. And I, and I know both of us later, after he had left, we kind of behind the scenes and we were able to talk to representative Buckley and just, he was, his explanation was, Hey man, that's how we learn. That's how we that's how we are able to advance certain kinds of issues is having these discussions. And so he gets a big kudos. I know a lot of people think that we are very progressive and we only like to talk about the progressive side of the cannabis movement. But we do, in fact, talk to a lot of conservatives. We have relationships with conservatives. Um and Representative Buckley was a very shining example of the kind of conservatives that we need to advance more I'm gonna say it progressive cannabis policy at the legislature.
1: I was I was really surprised when there was somebody who mentioned he asked the, the question, so how would you make sure you have the same consistency and the strength of for the plant you're growing? And immediately several people, like seed banks, certified seed banks. Other states have this seed banks. And I was really astounded that his response was something I learned dealing with people in the hemp space is about, he mentioned soil. And he's like, the soil on one side of this county that you're in is one type. And the soil you're on the other side of the county is another type. And you're going to get two different plants out of this.
2: and The genetics are going to be a little bit different. Um, You know, we we know that. That you can grow... You can take the same seed and it will grow several different kinds of varietals based on the temperature, climate, soil, elevation, all of those things.
1: And water, let's see, the nutrients in your water, um, exactly. your, your light cycles. Um, I was talking to some guys at a and and they mentioned about the first research they'd done in hemp was plants they got from northern Canada. So it's a place where there's six months perpetual twilight and six months of pretty much daytime. So this plant, when the lights start to go out, goes, oh, crap, nighttime hit. Oh, it's time to go. And they they freaked out. They never seen a plant flower like this. And it was just that change. The change in the, uh, the, the latitude. I was about to say the longitude. The latitude of where it's at on the planet. Just that was enough. There's so many different conditions. And he, let's say he handled it so well, he kept this calm. Like the officials would just be like, okay, I, I've, I've had it. I'm done. Here's the mic. I'm going home. Bye. You guys enjoy the rest of your vet.
2: Right. And I think that is a testament to his respect for the veteran community, right? Like he didn't want to just come up there, drop his piece about his involvement in medical cannabis and the advancement thereof. He wanted to actually have a discussion, and he wanted to learn and that's exactly what went down and Like I said, things got a little tense there for a minute, and I <laughs> I was waiting for it to get perhaps ugly. it never got ugly, it stayed professional it there was some some very strong conversation, but in the end, um representative Buckley was a true character, a, um, you know, just a pillar for professionalism. And so again, hats off to representative Buckley for showing up and willing, be willing to have that conversation. Jesse, you can testify. We've gone to the Capitol many times and we've had conversations with conservative Republicans and sometimes they're not, they're not that. They're not welcoming, uh, welcoming patient. Uh, It's just uh, it's it's such a breath of fresh air to have somebody serving the public, who's willing to go into the public and have these conversations. I know the first
1: time I'd ever actually got to speak with uh, Senator Donna Campbell was in a hallway. She's going into the Senate, and I mentioned about I was like, "Well, let's talk. I want to just talk to you real quick, just a moment, just one minute of your time about our medical marijuana program." She's like, "Shh." don't, don't say that word out loud here. And I'm like, what? She's like, don't say the marijuana word. And a lot of people get really tense about the marijuana word to kind of refer to it as cannabis and they're all fine with it.
2: Right. It's, it's all about the vernacular, you know, place and time, know your audience. Right. And, um, uh, Donna Campbell's an important one. She has a lot of history, rich history with, cannabis reform at the Senate level, at least. Um, so it makes sense definitely to, uh, approach individuals like her with, um, a modicum of, I don't want to say stealth, but perhaps, um, you know, in the shadows with the right terms. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, but yeah, man, that that the veteran event went off fantastic. We had sponsors from Good Blend, Compassionate Cultivation, who are the two vertically operated license holders for the Texas Compassionate Use Program. Both were present. Um, wonderful presentations by both. Uh, we had you were on the panel, right, Jesse? Yes, I
1: was on the veterans panel. And that was wonderful. I'm glad that people like yourself and a couple others were able to console me. <laughs> after the convention because I mentioned to y'all I was like, Man, the veterans would talk. The other like four to five veterans that were there would say something and the audience would be like, Yeah, all right, yeah, good. And I'd talk and they just had this look on their face like they just saw the worst video MTV put on ever.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was like, Man, did, did i this up? What man, did I say something wrong? And then you and a couple other people were like, dude, you were just throwing these facts out nonstop and it was stuff that we're not used to hearing during a veterans panel or a convention. It wasn't controversial. It wasn't anything that was wrong. It was just this way different angle that people were like, wow, I've never been confronted with it being told like this.
2: Yeah, I man. You know, sometimes the truth is, um, smacks you like a bag of bricks and so um you know that that is its own reward uh being able to to bring that kind of unique perspective and um i'm glad you were able to uh, share that with the public because let's be honest teacup is not all a bed of roses there is there's a ton of Work and progress that needs to be made within the movement, uh, within the program, and so uh, and those need to be voiced. We 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 don't need to have a a a medical marijuana conference that doesn't talk about the realities and like the costs to the patient and and things of that nature.
1: What's funny, we talked. You brought up about sponsors for the event, and then there was at the same time that you mentioned this, I got a text message from somebody who actually helped. They put some money towards the event. Uh, Jay McGuire with the Texas Hemp Federation. Um, they paid for an ad to go out in the Clean Daily Herald to put our flyer in. Like I think it was like page two, the Clean Daily Herald on a Sunday. And I just got a message from him, and it says, "It's four twenty Eve. Remember to leave out milk and cookies for Snoop
2: Dogg <laughs> or Willie. One of the two. <laughs> or Willie.
1: Don't 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 forget these things. Or Willie, Seth Rogen, Snoop Dogg, and Cheech won't show up.
2: And chunks. Exactly. Exactly. So very, very much looking forward to tomorrow. Um, it's a big day in our community. Uh, it, it, the day is just growing more with Mystique every year. It was only a short few years ago that there was nothing going on on 420. Like There were a few bars that had like 420 specials, but there wasn't like events. The events that we did were going in hanging out on the overpass of i-30 here in arlington and hanging up signs that said honk if you want to legalize marijuana that's what we were doing on 420 um but now it seems as if every cannabis business every cbd shop anybody that's in a space in texas is having a huge 420 blowout and it's exciting to be a part of yeah it's it's
1: strange seeing the
2: the very big change we've seen
1: in how businesses approach this, because like you said, it's almost nobody, and now it's every other Ma and pa shop has decided, let's get together with four or five other shops and do something, have some sort of event in our neighborhood.
2: Tomorrow, we'll be at the 420 Block Party with Thrive Apothecary here in Fort Worth. Uh, our sponsors, uh, Austin and I, Canvas Co., have a big 420, I think from 1 to 7, 420 event. Uh, off of East Cesar Chavez. So go check them out. Um, you know, there's, you know, we're I know Sandra, one of our board members is going to be at the post in Houston for the Houston hit market and what they're doing for 420, which is a big event. So we're going to be registering voters there in Harris County again. So I then, and then that's just that's Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth and in houston we haven't even touched on all of the events that are happening in those places but then you've got things going on in el paso where new mexico has legal recreational marijuana so um, a lot of great things going on and proud to be a part of it
1: well we're going to go into our first sponsor break of episode 34 the 420 bonanza of the lone star collective podcast i'm your host jesse williams Joined by co-host Austin Sam we will be right back after these sponsor messages.
3: Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas. A full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit ThriveTX.com for more information.
0: Oak Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta Eight, and merch. For more information on their products quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com.
3: Austinite Cannabis Company is an Austin, Texas, locally owned and family operated producer and seller of handcrafted cannabis products such as CBD, CBG, CBN, and Delta 8 made from hemp in Austin, Texas. Their selection of products includes beauty products, concentrates, edibles, merch, pet supplies, pre-rolls, tinctures, topicals, and accessories. For more information, visit austinitecannabis.co or you can visit their storefront location at 2009 East Cesar Chavez Street in Austin, Texas. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri.
0: If I had my time again, I would do it all.
1: Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This is episode 34. I'm joined by co-host Austin Zamhereri. This is our 420 Bonanza. We rush for the change of atmosphere.
2: Yeah, I just, uh, you know, felt it prudent to um, give everybody kind of a week to enjoy tomorrow and have a little conversation about what's going on in the greater landscape of cannabis, not just here in Texas, also federally. I know we've got some conversation to talk about from a federal standpoint, and um, it's uh, just a sh- head shaker, you know?
1: Well, I wanted to talk about the other event we went to after uh, the the veterans convention. We hadn't talked much about the the cannabis cup. I wanted to throw that in there real quick. Um, thank you to Robert Ramirez for hosting that, The before 420 event was the official title of the event by texas cannabis cup what was your your thoughts on that after the long day
2: Man, it was awesome it, it was so cool that that space um was a really cool space uh ton of vendors there were video games there were pool tables dj bands um barbecue there was um it was it was just a cool scene cool vibe um, I, I I just wish it would have lasted longer, you know. I wish I w- I would love to have had an all day event like that. So, but the fact that we were able to be there, we were able to be media partners and and you know take part in such a wonderful experience. You know, we've we've worked with Robert in Events past as the ATX Wellness uh, Convention that we did last year in 2021. Uh, this was a solid follow up, and I, I think that. Uh, You know, it was nice to uh, be able to just hang with everybody, to have the whole team there. And when I say the whole team, the team that's local to this area of Texas, have them all there and share some cannabis. And it was just a wonderful thing, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And it was it was one of the first times after before some while that we were able to we were able to actually have almost everybody together. And I wanted to ask you, you probably remember the name. I'm blanking it out right now. I don't know why. But the name of the um, the people who did the pulled pork sandwich, they had—they call uh, it pulled pork slammage. Smoke slamage. Game Strong. Smoke Game Strong. Man, that yeah. thing was
2: yeah, good. So good. And in fact, uh, they have an event coming up in May 7th. So I think we're going to, you know, we're going to be in Austin, I think, for that event and then be shooting a podcast later that evening. So um, that's going to be a lot of fun.
1: I thoroughly enjoyed myself there um, for the cannabis cup. It, it had this summertime feel good vibe to it as the evening rolled The evening really rolled in because during the day it was, it was warm and humid and it felt great inside. But then as the sun finally started to go down, it felt amazing outside. It just yeah. had, like I said, just great Summertime vibe, and we haven't had that feeling in two years because of what's been going on. Yeah,
2: it's been, it was a you know, it was was a solid event, a great experience. It was a one for us personally, it was a wonderful day to wrap up an already successful event that we had done in Colleen and just to come, you know, less than an hour south and be able to hang out in a very iconic part of Austin and and just enjoy cannabis man it was it was awesome awesome experience and i i really look forward uh hopefully they can do it again next year because we'd love to be a part of it
1: so i wanted to bring up some news that that's happened that's something apparently i noticed it's it's driving some talk in the social spaces and it's the fact that like we saw the more act go past the house has to go to the senate but chuck schumer has his own bill he wants to introduce in the senate. And now, supposedly he's going, "Oh well we're trying to work the kinks out of it. We will be bringing this bill forward at the end of August. That's likely when it's showing up, be it today he came out and says, "Oh, legalizing marijuana is a priority in the Senate. understand it is a top priority, and it's like, okay, is it a top priority if you're waiting to the end of August? you know, um just, right. just months away from election time, that kind of priority
2: right, and um." you know that's going to be that's going to be very tricky to see how that gets played out how that looks like if it even happens um who there's a lot that can happen between now you're talking four months four or five months before something yeah. like this there's a lot that could happen between now and then that could easily take precedent i mean we're still going we're still at war or not we, we're we not still at war but like there's still a war raging in eastern europe um, there's a lot that can happen that could easily take precedence over something like marijuana reform we To be honest with you, we should have done this last year. like why we're waiting this long into twenty twenty two is just a head scratcher, and um, you know, this is just for the Senate, you know we're not even talking about the president and the vice president who made a lot of promises in their campaign um and have done nothing so far so disappointing but par for the course i would say yeah it's we posted up today it was it's
1: like this is a slam dunk item it's a slam dunk issue it really is it's the majority of the nation's like yeah this is what we want we want to see this happen this way and to me it's turning into what i call fafo (laughs) the pc friendly term (laughs) because i can't i don't want to really say what fafo is but you know what fafo is right
2: no, for ignorant people like me, explain it around and find out. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know that saying for sure.
1: <laughs> you, 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 as uh, Captain Picard says, you may test that assumption at your earliest
2: convenience. That's the classy way to say it. That's um, oh, it's it's just you know, there's a lot of nuanced dynamics that happen in Congress. Uh, there's political gridlock. right now in the Senate Um, and it's just, you know, I got asked today, I was, I did an interview with the Houston Chronicle and they asked me, well, do you think, you know, we could get some federal movement the next 10 to 15 years? And I like laughed. I was like, God, I hope so. (laughs) Where we're at now, 10 to 15 years from now, like if we still haven't gotten federal movement, man, God help us. But, you know, I remember, 15 years ago, we were in the middle of the first Obama administration. And that's when we were beginning to think, oh, we're going to get federal movement on this. Um, And it wasn't actually until the next Obama administration in 2014, where we got the coal memo. And so, you know, skip ahead a few years into the Trump administration. And now we were here into the Biden administration. I wouldn't be surprised if it takes another 10 to 15 years before something like this takes root at the federal level. Um, it's just, you know, our, our partisan politics at the federal level have just become so, uh, so gross and, uh, counterproductive that, you know, something like marijuana reform should, you know, we should get all the, you know, it should pass the house and then pass the Senate and then we should get a bill to the president, the president signs it. It should be that easy, but, uh, because of, the dynamics the, the nuanced politics that exists in washington it's, <laughs> it's far from it's it's insane that
1: we're at this point and it's looking like this and i think something i consistently see that i don't think is a a fair analogy is people look back at what you mentioned like the obama era when it was he had a point where it was one party running legislature and president and nothing was changed People are like, well, why didn't they change it then? And it's like at the same time, the popularity wasn't there the way it is
2: now. Right. We, we had just, they had just legalized in Colorado and Washington State, you know, on the on at the beginning of Obama's second term.
1: Yeah. And nationwide the popularity was nowhere. No, absolutely nowhere near where it is right now if it it, it had been a death knoll to the bill to just even bring it forward people would have been like no
2: are you nuts right and that would have been democrats right the democrats would have been saying no um whereas today you would tend to think that progressives and liberals are like this is a you know a shoe-in item but um as evidenced the more act passed the House and there were only two Democrats who voted against. And one of those Democrats was Henry Cuellar out of Laredo, Texas. So um, there are still Democrats today who will not vote yes on comprehensive marijuana reform. So, you know, it's, um, Washington is a mess and uh, all we can do uh, as advocates, as, as a community is really focused on our local communities, right? And that's why we're engaged in places like San Marcos and Denton and Colleen, um, doing work in the interim when we're not in a legislative year, and um, you know, just continuing to bring that momentum home and working in uh, in our local communities because that's all we, we can really do right now. And if if we're successful. Then that's going to be ammunition for us at the legislature in 2023, and then hopefully from a federal standpoint, um, we can make those cases to our representatives and senators Ted Cruz and John Cornyn. Cross my fingers. Well,
1: we are going to go into our last sponsor break here at the Lone Star Collective, episode 34, the 420 Bonanza. I'm your four host. Four, four, four. I'm your host Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zam We will be right back after these sponsor messages.
3: Drive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas, from traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own. Home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Austinite Cannabis Company is an Austin, Texas, locally owned and family operated producer and seller of handcrafted cannabis products such as CBD, CBG, CBN, and Delta 8 made from hemp in Austin, Texas. Their selection of products includes beauty products, concentrates, edibles, merch, pet supplies, pre-rolls, tinctures, topicals, and accessories. For more information, visit austinitecannabis.co or you can visit their storefront location at 2009 East Cesar Chavez Street in Austin, Texas. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Zam Hariri. <laughs>
1: back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This is episode 34. It is our 420 Bonanza. I'm joined by co-host Austin Zam Hariri. And it is a yeah. bonanza.
2: I <clears throat> may or may not have consumed cannabis during the break.
1: I may or may not be dying of a lung disease. Oh, No. <laughs> Man, he's, this this nonsense with the pollen, man. That's that's all I can call it. Nonsense. Killing us. It's allergy season this year has been intense. If we could only replace a tree pollen with cannabis pollen. Not really. Uh, we don't want that. <laughs> we, get no, we get none of what
2: we want. Yeah, more allergies. <clears throat> I'm also still recovering from being sick from last week. So hopefully, um, hopefully. In another week or so, I'll be back to a,
1: 100%. Maybe we can be like hemp-fed steers. You heard about this. A federally funded study has found that feeding cows hemp helps them to stay calmer, reduce stress levels, and lie down more. And most of the articles that are coming about it, like it helps them chill
2: out. Makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like um, There was a long period of time in Texas, or not Texas, but in agriculture across the country where they were feeding hemp livestock uh feeding livestock. So um and that's how humans were gradually getting their 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 own cannabinoids is through through eating uh eating cattle that had been fed hemp. So it makes sense. Um now I just think more highly of cows. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. That's right. Um Hopefully, hopefully in the next hemp bill that comes out federally, uh, we get some more clarity on on feeding um, farm animals, hemp products. I know that that was kind of a a big thing that Texans were focused on in the last uh, hemp bill back in 2021. But um, we'll
1: see how that plays out. A big thing I wanted to talk about because it, it really pertains to uh, something that's going on in Texas right now was um one of the first week news updates that I did here about a week and a half, two weeks ago, was about how researchers at the University of Mississippi analyzed data from several sources using a difference in differences design to compare trends in foster care systems in states that have legalized cannabis with those in non-legal states like Texas. The results showed there was a 10% decrease in foster care admissions on average which included reductions in placements due to physical abuse, neglect, parental incarceration, and misuse of alcohol and other drugs. The authors of the study state that our most conservative estimates imply that legalization causes at least a 10% decrease in total admissions to foster care. The larger effects in years further after legalization and for admissions into foster care due to specific child welfare concerns. And the way it ties into Texas right now is that um, we had an announcement by a U.S. District Judge here in Texas that they lost faith in the faith in the Texas Rangers sex trafficking investigation involving a state foster care system, and they were trying to turn this over to federal investigators. I don't know if did you hear about what was going on with this Austin No, this is outside, outside of my here. scope <laughs> it, 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 It's been big news here in Austin because it was it's out in Bastrop uh, mid-March allegations surfaced about potential abuse and sex trafficking involving girls who lived at the refuge in Bastrop according to a letter from a state employee filed in federal court records. So there's been, and it's, sadly, it's only likely going to get worse in our state because we've got an exodus of DFPS workers. And that's not me saying I side with the state system of how this is set up. It's it's not a great system. But man, we're, we're tossing kids into this when their parents aren't doing anything bad to them. They're not neglecting them. They're not treating them bad. Right.
2: You're talking about, uh, CPS and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. It's in a, a great example was uh, there. I believe it was a couple here in I live in Austin. They were consum This was almost a decade ago or close to a decade ago. They were consuming at nighttime away from their kid. The kid had no idea about it. Wasn't exposed to it. And somebody found out and the kid got removed from the home immediately for it. And it wound up the foster parents. They went to, I believe up in temple were abusing the kid. The kid had been trying to, to tell the parents and the caseworkers, and it wound up the kid died because the foster parent beat them with a baseball bat.
2: God.
1: And, that, yeah, that was when Rick Perry was governor, and it prompted a big investigation as to, like, what's going on with follow-ups, what's going on with, with the investigations when they're supposed to be going in homes, and mm-hmm. it really hasn't gotten better. But, yet yeah, we're still th- throwing kids into this system under this, and hopefully, being as we changed. A little bit of our family law here this last session. Hopefully, we'll see some of that go away. But we both know there's counties where they're like, "Nope, there's no such
2: thing as good cannabis usage." <coughs> Montgomery County, <coughs> county, Montgomery County, um, Wise County. I'm trying to think other counties. <laughs> Almost feels like El Paso County. Um, what was it? Who, who who's the hemp guys? Navarro. Navarro County. Oh yeah, that's just south of Dallas. Um, the, yeah. Man, just there's that's and that's the issue with Texas is that Texas is probably the most decentralized state in the union. And that in the fact that each county is kind of reliant on its own, which is not how it worked during COVID because Governor Abbott came out and unilaterally did, you know, made all of these COVID laws. So um, it's a weird, it's a weird set up how texas is very decentralized um you know governor abbott likes to call himself the governor of 254 counties uh every every single one of them different from one another Uh, even the ones that are right next to each other and the proof the you know you can make you can see the evidence between uh travis county versus williamson county Uh, i can certainly tell the difference between dallas and dallas and tarrant county here and the Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex in Houston. We know Harris County and just about every co- county around Harris County could just completely different. So um executing something like and this is this is, you know, marijuana laws. Almost every county has a different, you know, D.A. that has a different way he's trying. He or she is trying to prosecute uh, marijuana laws because. Texas has not made it easy and um, the hemp law certainly did not make that easy. So Um, um, it makes sense that there are other issues outside of, of cannabis like, Oh, the the, the police
1: know immediately about certain laws. I just find it awkward that we, we have this phrase that keeps coming up of, well, the government didn't give any money to train the officers to know. And it's like, well, right. did the officers need money to be trained to know that we changed our concealed carry law in this state? No. Right. They they knew overnight right. once also, the bill was signed.
2: It's also less of an excuse because uh, law enforcement is one of the highest expenditures that go on at the city and county level. Right. Like most cities, most counties are spending more on law enforcement than they are on anything else. Right. And typically more on law enforcement than everything else combined. So. Um, you know, the fact that law enforcement says that it doesn't have the money to do something um is equivalent to citizens not having an excuse because they didn't know the law, or right? Even, or
1: even the state saying that the law enforcement didn't know because they didn't have the money to send the message out to them or let them know. Right. And it's like, no, nonsense. There's plenty of laws. They knew overnight, hey, this changed that moment, snap, it was done, but not help. No, never well, that I, way with him
2: exactly um and there's everybody has a part to play and a piece of the blame uh for sure on that so uh, whether it's department of ag whether it's department of public safety dshs you know all of the characters involved that run the state that you, there's there's blame even to a degree you know the the community is part to blame for Just pushing more than what the 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 law really was meant to allow, and and that's you know we knew that was going to come, but there's there's a everybody has a part to play, and the sooner we recognize that part, and the sooner we're able to um you know figure out a solution as a whole, then. We're going
1: to get past it. So who is who is our lineup? I know we've got three weeks scheduled now. Oh, we've wow. got, we got okay. Mark Gonzalez next week, correct? The district attorney for Nueces County in Corpus Christi. That's going to be a big one. Then the week after that, we're going to have Jonathan Hildner, who's running for that's District 54.
2: That's confirmed? That is confirmed. Okay, and then the week after that is uh, Mitch Fuller. Mitch Fuller, and then tucked in there, we're also going to be talking to like renowned Austin uh, CBD purveyor Shada Turabi. So that's going to be, man. It's um, we're we're going to be knocking it out of the park, and that's just that's just May. Like we're we're looking for you know more names and um and also to differentiate ourselves i think from the the regular uh rotation of it seems like podcast cannabis texas cannabis podcast guests um you can guarantee that people who come on our podcast um they touch cannabis for sure in some way but they also there's also a texas flavor there. So um you know, we're we're committed to that and it's going to be it's going to be an awesome 420 tomorrow for sure. Well, we want to hope
1: everybody has a great 420. By the time you're hearing it'll be today. For us it's tomorrow as we're talking about it, but you're probably listening to it. We we'll hope you're having a 420 today or if you're listening after that you had a great 420. That is going to do it for episode 34 of the Lone Star Collective. It is our 420 Bonanza. We've got some guests to look forward to over the next two to three weeks. So stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribing. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts. Just make sure you're getting your updates. I'm Jesse Williams, joined by coast host Austin Zamhereri. Everybody have a great week and enjoy your 420. Adios.